Hey Marlins fans, Fish Stripes is heading out to the Florida State League. Join us at Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium on Saturday, June 15th for the Florida State League All-Star Game. Discounted tickets for everybody in our group, just $7 per person. That gets you into the Home Run Derby and the game itself, which will feature top prospects Edward Cabrera, Jose Devers, and Jordan Holloway. We'll have signed balls to give away. Should be a great time. Full details on fishstripes.com. Draft day has arrived. The Marlins stuck to their plan. And while we love the draft here at ETS, we're not the only ones because, quite frankly, whether you look at Fangraphs or Baseball America or 2080 or put your TV on MLB Network, it seems like everyone's loving what they're doing. As always, my name is Danny Martinez alongside Ian and Ethan. Brothers, tell me how excited we are about what we're seeing on drafts. What a day. I mean, I'm so relieved that this day came and we have J.J. Bleday in the system, or soon to be in the system when he signs. But, man, I'm excited. I mean, I'm glad we talked about this weeks ago. I tried to guys get you guys excited about Bleday, and here we are. He is here. He's in Miami, and let's do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm really excited because, like you said, Danny, like they just stuck to the plan, you know, uh, you, you saw the philosophy that they had coming into the draft. I mean, all the way up until uh, round 10, which our pick just happened now. Um, everything that we said the Marlins had to do in this draft is really what we did. And uh, we'll get to that as we look at, you know, the picks individually and stuff. But, I mean, it's just it, – it's very exciting. And, and I'm so excited about Blade, like like Ian said. Um, and I, I, I think we did a really great job of doing what we needed to do. And it's good to see that um, the awareness that the front office had of, of the system and what they needed to do. Yeah, and it's beautiful to see. And I really, it's not to even put shade on the other ownerships, but when was the last time that we went through a draft, right? And it's still going, but through the heavy portion of the draft and really could see the plan taking place. Yeah. You know, the underslot versus the overslot, trying to get money, trying to pay off, you know, Nunez that we'll talk about in a second. It was a beautiful beautiful method and they've 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 just done it correctly they've done it correctly and we're going to start off at the top because it mm-hmm. is the day day in miami all right we're excited yeah. about what he brings forward this has been ian's guy from the beginning so sir you have the floor tell everybody how the franchise changed by taking the day at number four well i think jj Bleday instantly is the best hitter in the marlin system today he brings an advanced hit tool into the system he brings extremely strong left-handed power. You're always better at second guy off the tee, right? Uh-oh. Wow, that was yeah. way off the tee. He stripes it to right and into the pen. J.J. Bladade leads the nation in home runs. Um, he profiles as a right fielder as of right now, but a strong right fielder. This kid can really play the game. Um I know everybody was excited about Andrew Vaughn for a lot of the year, and with right with with correct reason, the kid can tear the cover off the ball. But I think JJ Bidet was the absolute right pick for this Marlin system. He brings something that there's no other like in his. In, excuse me, there's no other player like him in our system or been in our system since we traded away a good amount of our talent. <laughs> but um, the reason I'm so excited about this kid is just the constant work he's put into his career. He started off at Vanderbilt as a, a top prospect and hit 300 his freshman year, came back, got a little injury, 
Um, came back from the injury and just t- looked like a different player. Started showing immense power and turned into this year, which is 26 home runs leading the nation. I mean, when you just stick to your guns, continue to show an advanced approach at the plate, results will show. And that's what's happened with this kid. I mean, everybody seems like it's a flash in the pan and he hit 26 home runs, but I don't see it like that. The kids hit the ball since he's got there. It's just, it's literally just been sticking to your guns and really showing something. He's 6'3, 220 pounds. He's got power. It's just slowly budding. And um, I think it's going to be really exciting to see what he can do in this modern system. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the pick, too. Um, and, and the main reason I really love it is because we didn't uh, try and get cute. You know, we didn't go for an Abrams or another or a Riley Green or one of these projects. Um, you know, we, we went with something that's proven, something that's there and something that we've needed, which is power, power, power. And we did this throughout the draft. And I think we all talked about um, how that was what the Marlins had to do. And that was the thing the Marlins had to attack in this draft was finding hitters, finding impact bats that will bring some big numbers to the system because we've been missing that all year. And Blade brings some of the biggest numbers. I mean, like Ian mentioned, the 26 home runs, he's leading the country in home runs and he's just been fantastic. And I think the, the, the really great thing is um, he plays at a great program in Vanderbilt, which has produced a lot of MLB talent, especially of late. And um, he, he goes up against the best pitching in the country on every night. He goes up against the best talent in the country on every night. Uh, the SEC is the best conference in the country. And, and the fact that he's shown the ability to hit it, not only in college, um, but in the SEC and at a premier program like Vanderbilt shows that this guy is ready for the pros. And um, I'm, I, couldn't be more excited about it. I mean, for because of the player, but also, I mean, how great of a baseball name is JJ Blade? Like, it just kind of flows together and rhymes, and it's it's perfect. I can hear it rolling off the tongue of Ben Scully right now. So, uh, it it's exciting. He's a baseball player, and he's going to come in and just have a great impact in our system right away. I mean, this kid can really play play the game of baseball. So, um, I'm really really excited about this pick, and I think it was the perfect pick for where the Marlins are at right now, um, best player available. And it was, it was just great. It was really exciting when I saw it pop up. Yeah. The, the name is a marketing dream for the Marlins. Absolutely. And, and the swing is a dream for a baseball coach. Yes. I mean, we, you know, Ian and I spoke about it in the preview of the draft, which was, yes, many people get concerned about the uptick in power all of a sudden. And what we pointed out was that he stayed true to his approach. There was nothing unsustainable that he changed from last year to this year, which then we might look at as a red flag and say, oh, well, he's not going to be able to replicate that as he goes through through the levels. I, that wasn't there. He stayed to his approach. He got bigger. He was able to bear up more balls. And that's where we saw that home run approach uh, start to come from. And quite frankly, if you don't want to take my words for it, I know it was just a 15 second cameo, but take Ken Griffey Jr.'s words for it. Mm-hmm. As soon as Blade was drafted and he's there trying to do a quick assessment, a quick cameo, really entertainment purposes more than anything about his swing. And he says, it's beautiful. Stay exactly like that. I mean, it's it's a beautiful swing. He's someone that's going to be an immediate top 100 prospect. Um, you know, I think it was either Craig Mish or Joe Fasar. Someone said that the Marlins war room or draft room exploded with mm-hmm. excitement when the White Sox took Vaughn. And that's because Blade has always been the guy. There so, I mean, are. yes, I'm going to replicate everything y'all said. It's it's damn exciting that he is a Marlin. And uh, I'm just excited to see him wherever he goes. Where do you think that Blade starts off? I don't think there's going to be any reason not to put him in Jupiter. I, mean, I would agree. Yeah, I mean, he's facing the best pitching in baseball. 
we had the same deal last year, but we stuck Tristan Pompey in Greensboro. And what he do is just destroy Greensboro for two weeks before they move him to Jupiter. Uh, there's no need for him to go there. I don't think right now he's still playing in the College World Series and like he's had time time off. Um, I think he's going to come in and go in, and move straight into Jupiter. I mean, they need the power, they need the bat, so I don't think it's going to hurt his production or his <clears throat> the way his career starts. So yeah, that's what I believe. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I think, Jupiter, I think Jupiter would be a great place for him because, like Ian said, they really need some power. And I think when you bring in a guy and in, into that clubhouse, they just need something to get them kind of going at the, at, you know, at the plate. And I think bringing a guy around like that can be contagious. And, and one thing I just want to touch on really quickly is it's not only the power with the blit with Blade, it's the approach. Like you guys mm-hmm. talked about, yeah. I mean, this kid had a four sixty seven OBP this year and, and it, that, it, it, you know, you can't really like, that's so exciting for me for a guy that loves, you know, guys that get on base and in this new era of baseball, it's important for guys to be able to get on base. So I think, more than just the power numbers and the swing, like you talked about, Danny, it's also the approach and the ability that this guy's just a pure hitter and he's just going to do it, you know, night in and night out. So, you know, we I, I could talk about this kid all day, really. Yeah, yeah he's it's, that advanced approach, that, that college advanced approach that we want. And then that leads me to the question. I want both of y'all to take a swing at this. When do you think you could see him at Marlins Park? This is a college <laughs> bat, advanced approach. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but I'm sure some people yeah. are thinking it. How early... Would you say his ETA is? I know you can hear you can hear the advanced college bat, and you can think in the back of your mind, "Ooh, September twenty would be just awesome," you know, just to see him up there next year in Miami playing baseball. I fully believe it'll be twenty twenty one. I mean, yeah. this team seems to be on a clear path right now. I mean, it doesn't seem to be the same. Let's rush guys up and get a flash in the pan. Um, I think it's really going to they're really going to give this time give him a year and a year and a half to get acclimated in the minor leagues. He's only got I think 60 60 games total with wood bats. So let him get in there and swing a wood bat for a little bit and um I think we'll see him in 2021 starting right field. Yeah, I I think that's the safe bet. Um you know, maybe even a little later in 2021 than like opening day. Uh, but I think that's the safe bet. You know, 2020 would be if he just goes, you know, or uh, September 2020 would just be if he if he goes through the system and just tears it to shreds. Um, but, you know, there's always going to be growing pains with these guys and everything's not going to be perfect right away, you know, in, in most cases. So I think 2021 is the safe bet. Yeah, I think that I'd be very shocked if by September 2021, he's not up. And that would mean that something out of expectation happened to his career or whatever the case may be. I would imagine, like you guys have said, 2021, he's up at some point. 2022, he's the opening day right fielder. And it's a beautiful thing to be able to say that. Like Ian said, immediately the best bat in in our system. And uh, let me just give a quick round of applause. Maybe Eli can add a little you know, round of applause uh, sound because Ian's been on this from day one, really. I mean, yep. JJ Blade to Miami, JJ Blade to Miami when everyone wanted Vaughn, when I wanted Vaughn. Ian's been on that. So, tip of the hat to you, good sir. Snaps. Now, I absolutely. That. Now, the Marlins take Blade and everyone loves it from MLB.com. Everyone loves it. And then they come out with the 35th pick and they get someone <laughs> who had the average ranking of a number 27 pick in the year, right? If you take the aggregate from all the different big boards, he was the number 27 overall drafty prospect. Cameron Meisner gets taken at number 35, another lefty, another guy who has definitely an advanced approach. Some might say he's actually too patient at the plate, which cut 
into some of his strikeouts and contact rates because he was just taking balls left and right. This is a guy that I mocked, right? I loved the fact that they went back-to-back college bats. And I'll let y'all talk a little bit about Miser, but I just want to give this one quote that came from Carlos Collazo, who's fantastic with Baseball America. He said, if Meisner had hit this spring, and the anticipation was that he was going to be a big bat this year, if Meisner had hit this spring, he could have been a top five kind of guy. So on pure talent, the Marlins have two of those guys now from this draft. Very impressive. That's absolutely the way that I felt about him, and that's why I was thrilled that he was the pick. What are y'all's thoughts on it? Uh, I mean, I think what you said right there, what Carlos Clauso said is he could have been J.J. Bidet right now if they would have took the different routes in this on this 2019 season. I mean, the kids had a great career so far. If you look at the stats, they're nearly identical until this year. He started slow with an injury, but the kids got immense talent. I mean, he steals bases. He hits for power. He's big. He plays center field. He's got some first base time. The kid's a talent. And if it wasn't for the injury and the slow start to this year, like I said, I said, I forget who I said this to the other day, but I thought he was going to be a top 15 pick regardless of what happened this year. But he still put a, had an OPP of 443 this year. He still almost walked more than he struck out. He hit 10 bombs. He hit 10 doubles. He stole 20 bags. The kid just plays. And I'm excited to see him in this system. It was a, it was a surprising pick for me. I wasn't expecting it. But what this kid brings to the table is exciting, and I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do. Yeah, for me, this is another uh, sticking to the plan pick uh, that I really liked. Another SEC outfielder um, who's shown he can hit in the SEC. The problem with his numbers this year, his numbers are still really good. I mean, if you you know if you hit 286, 440, and 481, if you slash that over a year with a 921 OPS, 54 walks, and 58 strikeouts, I mean that's you know it's a nice year and a nice. Uh, really good stat line and and the reason that people are concerned is because he wasn't that great against sec pitching and ian mentioned that some of it had to do with injury um but i mean if you look at his numbers in the past it just shows that this kid has a really great uh, approach um and and that's what we need is guys that are going to get on base guys that are going to hit for power um, you know, I, I'm going to say this a lot on this episode. You're going to hear me saying it over and over again. But that's just because that's what the Marlins did is they went for high guys with advanced approaches that can get on base and can slug the baseball. And that's what we need so desperately in this system right now. Um, and this is just another one of those picks. And like you guys said, like they said, uh, uh, I think on his pipeline profile, it said that he might have the best tools in the draft. The reason he's fallen this far is because of his performance this year. But, I mean, when you really look at it, like, his numbers aren't even that terrible. Um, so, it, it's an exciting pick. I think it's a really good pick. And it's just, like I said, sticking to the plan, sticking to what we need to do, and a very good awareness by the Marlins front office of um, what we need in this system, which is power and approach. And the other thing that I really like about this pick is he has experience at first base. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have such loaded, you know, we have so much talent in the outfield that this seems like one of those picks, kind of like a Tristan Pompey, um, where you could see him tr- make the transition to first base, I think, very smoothly because he's spent time there. And it's something that we need. It's a hole in the system right now is first base. So with that hole open, uh, if he produces and as a way to get him to move up they move him to first base i think that would be awesome so i really like this pick um just the the 
the thought process process behind the pick. Don't really know too much about the player, to be honest with you guys, but the thought process behind the pick is what I really like about it. Yeah, they stuck to the plan. I mean, you're going to keep saying that. I'm going to keep saying that. Ian's going to say it. College bat. And then what did we not have in this system was power and lefty. And now they got two at the top of the board. I mean, it's it's a beautiful thing. The guy's six foot five. He could easily transition to first. He's already played first, like Ethan said. I, I was, again, ecstatic with it. Um, and I think that when we look back at this draft, he might be someone that individuals actually consider a steal to be able to get him all the way at number 35. Uh, before we go to Nunez, anything else on that, Ian? No, I mean, I, I completely agree on the steal. And almost it's like a steal like we got in Banfield last year. But this is a, a great pick for the team. And I'm really I mean, this is another guy we could see in Jupiter real soon. Along yeah. with Jason today. Right there with you. Yeah, I think uh, he might. I think he might not start in Jupiter right away like Blade no. will, but I mean I to show so. you something, to show you something, uh Joe said this pick could be huge. So that's when you know. That's the stamp of approval, man. That's yeah. Exactly. If Joe likes it, then there you go. <laughs> it's a win. <laughs> oh man. all right. So this is my draft darling, and he ended up being my draft darling, yeah. not only because I spoke about him uh in the preview. But because when the pick was made, Marlon's Twitter just decided to like jump off a cliff for a quick second because there were guys like Matthew Lugo still on the board. Um, and I sat there and I'm just like, what are you what are you guys doing? Like, this is an don't look at the five foot nine frame. There are guys all around baseball that are that height and can still perform and have performed. We're actually going to talk about a comp in a second. Nassim Nunez gets taken at number 46. And again, the aggregate average ranking across the boards had him at 42. So another value pick this is someone who is known by far well i wouldn't say by far but by most uh sites as the best defensive prep shortstop in the draft right so the question is size and the question is hit tool i love the comp that ian has for him so i'm gonna i'm gonna let you go ahead and tell me a little bit about what you saw in nasim nunez you know you tweeted me right away as soon as we got him because you knew he was my darling uh what do you think about the switch hitter at short I, I did I liked him when we started doing some draft coverage and then now it's completely changed where I've fallen in love with the kid. I mean, I think he's special. I mean the the hit tool is, is at fifty right now. I think it's gonna be more advanced than that. He's a switch hitter, but he's primarily better from the right side. He shows more pop from the right side. He's got a pretty swing. It's quick through the it's quick through the <clears throat> through the zone. He's got quick hands. I mean talk about it defensively i mean he's even better i mean the kid just loves to play baseball he's been posting videos all week about just loving the game and wanting to play ball but the comp we're talking about here is is ozzy albies it's an easy comp looking at the size and uh and measurables of the kid but he could be the same type of player ozzy didn't hit a home run in the minor leagues until he was 20 years old this kid is 18 years old. He's going to spend two years in the minor leagues. Ozzy showed this 20-something 20 20-something home run power last year, but he sold out for that power. It's not a sustainable power in my eyes. I mean, he struck out a lot more than he should have. He could have had a great double. He could have had 50 doubles last year if instead if he wanted to sell out. And it's showing now. I think this kid has that same kind of ability without having to show out. His power sits at 30 right now, but Fangraphs has that at his peak at maybe 50. So that's special, 5'9", 160 pounds, with elite defensive ability at shortstop, showing power. I mean, what don't you love about that? And when Danny says 5'9", 160, people get scared. Jose Ramirez is 5'9", 165 pounds. 
thing. Yeah. Thirty plus homers, two years in the minors, an elite hit tool, an elite patience with the plate. That's the absolute ceiling for Nassim Nunez. I mean, the kid is talented, and I think he can do special things in the right system. And I think this is going to be the right system for him. He doesn't have to be rushed. He can take his time. He become the player. I think he's more advanced as a shortstop currently than Jose Devers, and Jose could be the best shortstop in our system right now. So I really like this pick. I, I might be gassing him up a little bit too much than I'm supposed to, but I think the kid's really good, and I think he's getting overlooked on the talent he has and the power he has, and I'm really, really happy we got him at 46. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Devers, Ian, because when I started looking into this pick, um, that's who I saw right away is Jose Devers. I think very similar makeup, um, developing hit tool, uh, and maybe even better defense. I mean, Pipeline called him, uh, you know, he has gold glove potential at short, and they called him a shoe-in to stick there. So, you know, there's no question whether he would have to move to second base or somewhere else. Um, this kid's going to be a shortstop in the future, and he's going to play gold glove defense for you. So that's exciting. The thing that interests me is um, this is the one pick, it seems kind of, except for the few pitchers that we took later, um, that kind of strays away from the plan, right? So, you know, the plan was college bat, college bat, power, power approach. And um, that happened throughout these first 10 picks that we have completed now, except for here. And I think that goes to show how much the Marlins really love this guy. And I think Craig Mish was the one who talked about it on Twitter, that these guys, uh, the guys in the front office, were going crazy over him. And I can see that because this seems like a Denbo special. I was calling it on Twitter last night. Um, mm -hmm. Athletic, up-the-middle guy um, who is going to play great defense and is going to provide a lot of athleticism up the middle. Um, but... Uh, it needs work on the hitting side of things and it's a work in progress. Um, so that's why it kind of reminds me of Devers and Devers can hit. So if he can turn into a Jose Devers type guy, or like you said, Ian, if he can kind of make uh, an Albies like impact, um, I think that would be really, really, I mean, that would obviously be, you know, if he becomes uh, Ozzy Albies, I mean, that would be amazing. Um, but I think it's, it's one of those projects that Denbo is really excited about. It seems like, and I think there's there's pretty good value in this pick. So we kind of strayed away from the plan here, which at first I'm like, yeah, I don't know about this. You know, another high, uh, high school uh, prep guy, you know, project. But it was the second round pick. You know, we didn't take a project with the first pick. And, and I trust Denbo to work on these projects. So a lot of time to develop. He's only, you know, he's a senior in high school, coming out of his senior high, in high school. And uh you know, he, he's going to get the chance to develop, so it's going to take a while, but I'm excited for this. I, I think it's a good pick. Good value. Yeah, I mean, Nunez, the, the pick excites me. Something to talk about him is that he is the first introduction to what we might call signability concerns um, in this draft. Now, I think at the end of the day, yeah. Nassim Nunez is a Miami Marlin, okay? Yes. But he is currently mm -hmm. committed to Clemson. Clemson has a very good baseball program. They're going to fight hard to keep him which means that the Marlins are going to have to pay hard to keep him. And that's why the next two picks, and really the theme that we now start seeing moving forward with the exception of maybe two picks later on in the rounds, was what Ian and I alluded to in, in the preview, which is you have to sometimes manipulate with your slot value. 
and you have to go a little bit under slot. That doesn't mean you don't like the player, but you have to go a little bit under slot to be able to gain more capital to be mm-hmm. able to buy a Nassim Nunez and a pitcher that we're going to talk about in a second. These next two picks kind of fit that mold. At 82, they got Peyton Burdick. Under slot value, 70 grade raw power. We're going to talk about him in a second. And at 111, they got a first baseman, Evan Edwards. Again, under slot. Again, more lefty power. We're also going to talk about him. But the reason why they go under slot here, and you correct me if I'm wrong, is to try to save some money to get Nunez to come out of his commitment to Clemson, right? 100%. Yeah. And and that's not to say that they're not value, right? They are Good players. I mean, both of these players put up incredible numbers, and I'm going to let Ian go at it first. Um, but at 82, Peyton Burdick. Can't say I knew a lot about this kid prior to the pick, but he's got some stupid stats across his high, across his college <laughs> yeah, career. I mean, the kid is just tore the cover off the ball. He's been playing at Wright State, which is in the Horizon League. It's not the biggest of conferences. It's not a, the, the top talent. But he's done what you're supposed to do. He's played baseball and he's done it at a high level i mean he hasn't played down to his to people he's been playing against and he's looked really good i mean i saw baseball america posted he had a 70 grade raw power what that <laughs> like i was quite <laughs> taken back by that like yeah i mean i mean i'm not ready to see that you know like that's something you don't expect out of a college bat and ba does not give away of. grades like that no exactly that's yeah. what i'm saying 70 grade is is, is very good i mean he has an extremely advanced approach to the plate. He walked 60 times this past year and only struck out 34 times. I mean, he stole 23 bags. He's got a lot of abilities. He played the Cape Cod Leary last year and showed a little bit um, a little bit of a high strikeout rate, but he still had an OBP of 351. He hit five home runs, and he really he really showed what kind of like his floor would be in, in, a, in a minor league system. But I think this is a great value pick at 82. I think if they can get him for a couple hundred grand on our slot, that's immensely better. And this is going to be special. I mean, he can be another player that can just be another power bat into the lineup. Like, like Ethan's been talking about sticking to the plan. And this is another player who stuck to the plan and got, came under slot. So that's amazing. And I'm happy to see it. Yeah. Like Ian said, I'm not going to pretend to know too much about this guy, you know, because I really didn't. But I mean, when you look at these numbers, his slash line this year is just absurd uh i'm gonna read it off to you just so just it's just absurd 407 538 729 that's good for a 1.267 ops 15 homers 18 doubles 72 rbi and like ian said 60 uh walks and 35 strikeouts uh that's just absurd to me it's just an advanced approach and it shows that we're sticking to the plan and that's why i really like this pick uh you guys know i obsess about guys that have obps and high obps and take a lot of walks and this is another guy that does that and can show some power um so like i keep saying you know sticking to the plan it, it it's a pick that shows the awareness that this organization has for the system and where it's at and um, I, re- I I like this pick based, you know, based off these numbers. I think this is the kind of guy that the Marlins needed. Yeah. Any breath, number 88. Come on now. You know the confidence you need? You know the confidence you need to pull a double eight, man? Yeah. Yeah. Or like 51, like Lede. I don't know what's going to happen with that with Lede. Like if, if he's going to wear 51 in the majors, I'm excited to see. 
Dembo's got to let him keep the stash. And he's got to keep the stash, too. Dude, the stash is going to be a selling point in Miami. He's going to sell so much much merchandise off the stash. It's going to be dumb. Can we put JJ, his full name, on the back of his jersey? Like, (laughs) instead of just Blade, can we put JJ Blade so that you read it? All, all every time you look at the kid, look, it, it's the least that the commissioner can do after calling him JD Blade to, oh, to say no, the name. I didn't all even right? know that. He, I didn't he, even know that. He's you know with the fourth <laughs> pick, the Miami Marlins. So like JD JJ. Blade. Yeah, he messed oh, up. Uh, he messed up twice in the first ten picks. Like, come on. So let, let oh, the guy. Man. Let the guy keep JJ Blade on the back of his jersey. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pair Burdick with the next pick, which is 111. First yeah. baseman Evan Edwards, also under slot, more lefty power, 45 homers in 173 games um you know ian might have a, a conversation about him being a juco transfer but i want to really highlight one thing here you know the listener could be listening and say oh great they just got more guys with powers and holes in their swing nope this isn't this isn't the the kind of prospect they were targeting both of these guys have immense power and we get it it might not mm. translate over to the pro level in college you should be walking around the same rate that you're striking out pitchers don't have that same control but man the fact that these guys are getting on base the way that they are with that power yeah. shows that they're not over swinging it, it to me you know ethan you said earlier power 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 i agree i'll add hit tool hit tool hit tool they, yeah. they have targeted yeah. hit hitters that have power instead of just really loud tools yes. that hopefully yes. we can develop hitting. And, and, yes. and I love that. I love that they have said, you know what? We went really volatile before. We're not going to try to teach hitting anymore. You're going to show me that you know how to hit, and we're mm-hmm. going to see that power translate. And to me, that's, that's a beautiful situation. Yeah, these, these kind of slash lines that we keep pulling out, I mean, look at Edwards, 330, 455, yeah. 604. Like, that's just a pure hitter slash line. You know what I mean? That's not a pop guy. That's not a, a Kyle Schwarber slash line who, you know, is hitting 220 but has a 350 OVP and a 500 slugging percentage or, you know, even higher. These are pure hitter slash lines who, you know, might be inflated by the college ranks. I mean, he, he went to you, uh, NC State, so he's playing in the ACC, which is a good baseball conference. So, you know, he's facing good pitching. These are just pure hitter slash lines, guys that can just hit the baseball straight up. It's what they do for a living every day, and they've proven that they can do it against stiff competition. Um, you know, three of these first five or six picks that we've talked about, whatever, um, uh, have played in two in the two, you know, maybe the two best conferences in the country. So just pure hitters up and down this draft right now. And that's what really what we needed. I mean, I, I keep saying it, you know, it's like I'm beating a dead horse, but it really is just what we needed is just pure hitters. And I love what you said, Danny, which is hitters with power, not power guys that have hit, you know what I mean? It's just guys that are so good at hitting that they've developed power over the years. Kind of exactly. like, you know, I'm not going to call these guys the next Christian Yelich, Hey. But we knew Yelich was going to develop power because how good of a hitter he was. And so these guys have kind of done that. And that's that's what's so exciting. So, you know, guys that have advanced approaches and have shown that they can do this at high levels. And that's what we were looking for. So it's it, it, ju- this is just another one of those picks. You take just those four college bats, you're looking at, look, look I think over 135 home runs and an OBP of in the 420s for their career yeah. combined. Wow. Like, like you, you, that's exactly what you want every time. High OBP and big power, and this is what all four of those guys bring, and they're all good picks. And I'm really ex- just just wanted to add that. It's just just a little bit of numbers. I was just looking at them, and I'm like, 
It's just exactly like you guys are talking about it. But I'm just looking yeah. at all yeah. these 460s and 420s and all these power numbers. And I'm like, there's not you're not losing any production with power. So, you know, and even saying. if you want, even if you want to say they're inflated because of college, I mean, how much are they going to come down in the pros? You know, it's not like these guys are going to be hitting 240. You know, like these, if they're hitting 350 in college, you know, they're going they might hit like 270, 280 in the pros, which isn't bad. And if their OBP is 440, you know, it might be somewhere like around, you know, if you really want to give college that much of an inflation, you know, you might see an OBP around 370, which is like not bad at all. That's, you know, really good. So uh, it just pure hitting. It's it's what we needed. Yeah, on the hitting side, no, they they dominated this draft, and it, yeah. you know it's so nice to be able to say that. When again, I'll say it: the national perspective also is saying it, because then you can't say, "Oh, yeah. Danny's just being a homer." Danny's just no, 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 no. Go look up fan graphs in Baseball America who don't care at all about the Marlins, and all of a sudden are saying, "No, this is exactly what they've acquired." Now on the pitching side and we're only going to talk about that quickly because i think he's an interesting name and because well we haven't spoken about pitching at all because the marlin system doesn't really induce targeting that however with the 141st pick they make a very interesting selection they get evan fitterer i hope i'm saying your name mm-hmm. right man yep, he is right. a righty okay he's he's a prep uh pitcher he's committed to ucla which is going to be tough i'll say that right off the bat yeah. if there's someone that we're gonna lose it is gonna be this pick now see nunez is gonna sign but if there's someone we're going to lose, it would be this pick. Why? Well, number one, we got him at 141, aggregate average ranking, 82. So a heck of a steal Oof. if he does sign. Number two, he's good. <laughs> he's good yeah. to the point that he could say, no, I'm going to UCLA, and in a few years, I'm going to be a top 10 pick. That's that's where the fear comes of losing him. He's a guy that has mm-hmm. a slightly above average fastball. He has a good curve, good slider, slightly, slightly above average changeup, really good command. I am fearful that he goes to UCLA, but if he doesn't, man, how impressive would that be? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, you know, it's kind of like the, it would be kind of like Osiris last year. Like, I don't think we, any of us really expected to sign Osiris. And then we went out and we paid big money for him. And, you know, obviously he's been hurt this year, but look at, you know, he had a really exciting year last year. So this would be a real big steal. I mean, he's 74 on, he's number 74 on pipeline and his, uh, Grades across the board are really solid. Nothing like is really like plus plus, but everything is fifty or fifty five. Um, so I, I I think yeah, he's, it seems like he's got the stuff. And you know, if we can go out and pay and pay him, and if he comes in, that seems like a really good steal for us at one forty one. Yeah, and and really don't take lightly what we mention here. This really is someone that if he goes to UCLA in a few years, this is going to be an automatic first round unless he really just declines significant he's gonna be an automatic round, maybe top half of the first round so the marlins and i love this part of it that they did it at 141 if at 141 they they took a little bait and they went if they get their fish haha very corny it is gonna be outstanding huge outstanding outstanding all right so we're not going to go to two other too many of the other draft picks i'll say if you're looking at the rest of the picks and you're saying, well, this guy's unranked across the board, this guy's unranked across the board, it's because we're saving money, quite frankly, um, yeah. and not in a cheap fiscal way. No, in a way to go find uh, and buy Nunez, in a way to be able to get fitterer. So, you know, you're going to be seeing a lot of college seniors being drafted in the later rounds. You're going to see a lot of premier signing seniors being drafted in the later round because you want easy signability to be able to use that pool money for the guys that we mentioned, like Nunez and fitterer. So that's that's really the bulk of the draft. 
with that being said, let's go into grades, right? And I understand that grades have to come at face value. We don't know exactly what these guys will develop to do. Um, but at face value, we're going to start off with Ian. What do you give the current state of the Marlins grade for the draft? I'm going to be the high guy, of course, and be given the A grade. I think, like we've been saying this whole podcast, sticking to the plan was the key to the whole thing, and it's exactly what we did. We added impact power bats, and we've added guys with high upside. And that's all you want in a rebuild, and that's all this team needed in this organization currently is more bats, more power. Always more bats, more power, and that's what we're doing. And just one more thing on Fitterer. I mean, if we can sign this kid, I think it could be an A-plus draft. Mm-hmm. Um, the kid is an absolute stud. I mean, back on his slot value one last time, it's sitting at currently 340 grand at that pick. So we're really going to have to work to make this happen for this kid. But it's if it pans out, it's going to be special. He's getting Kyle Kendrick's comps with more velocity. Like, I mean, that's talent right there. I mean, you, you can play with that. So if we can get this kid to sign, I'm really, really happy. And it's going to give us an A-plus draft. But I'm going to stick with the A currently. And his frame will give you more velo as well. Oh, man. He, he already has more velo. His frame will give you more velo if you could develop him at a good age, which is, yeah, I'm just, I'm with you. And don't worry, I think that all the giggles and the laughs that everyone has heard from us knows where our grades <laughs> are going. But um, yeah. all right, Ethan, go for it. Yeah, I mean, you know, if the Marlins had done a bad job, I would have said they did a bad job. Um, and, and, but they didn't. Yes. They did a really, really great job. Um, and, and the reason they did a great job is because like we said all episode, they did what they had to do. They looked at the system, um, pre-draft and they said, okay, what do we need? We need power. We need guys with good approaches. We need pure hitting and we need guys that are going to be, you know, experienced guys that aren't projects and are proven. And we took them up and down the board. Um, if you really look at it, the only real project that we took is Nunez. And like I said earlier, if we're taking that kind of project with our second round pick um, and those guys were that, you know, the guys in the front office were that excited about him, um, then they're really excited about him and they're sticking to their gut and their plan, which is what you have to do. Um, you know, I think it was Luke Simpson who tweeted this, that um there were rumors that Jeter wanted Abrams and this executive wanted Abrams, um, but that the baseball side wanted Blade and we went with Blade. And I don't know how true that is, but if that's what's happening, it's showing that we're sticking to our evaluations. We're sticking to what the scouts are telling us and we're, we're filling the needs. I mean, we went out and we got a couple guys that can play first base, which is what we needed. You know, we had a hole at first base and we could have gotten, you know, Andrew Vaughn would have been filling the need, but we, we instead we ended up who I think either, even if Vaughn was there would have been the best player available. And I think yes. we did a great, uh, that, that first pick was awesome. I'm really excited about Blade. And I think we're not in a position yet where we have to take needs. You know what I mean? With our first pick, I think what we had to do was take the best player available. And we did that. Our system on the offensive side of the ball isn't great yet. Let's just all be honest. But I think this will help us take a step towards having a really good hitting system. Um, So I think the Marlins did a great job. And like I said, if they hadn't done a good job, I would have said it because I've been disappointed with Marlins drafts in the past and I've been critical of them. I was critical when we took Trevor Rogers over Alex Fiedo. Um, You know, Rogers has panned out, but I would tell you guys if we did a bad job, but we did not do a bad job. We did a great job. And, I, you know, if you want me to give a grade, sure, I'll give it an A um, because 
whatever, you know, you, you don't really know how the draft is going to turn out. It, it takes three or four years to find out in any sport. Um, but if, you know, based off the philosophy that we went into this draft with and the execution of that philosophy, it's a clear A. Yeah. And listen, it's not lip service when you say that. Like, I know I'm the eternal optimist. Ethan and Ian, if they had messed up, they would have told you. <laughs> and, yeah. and definitely. Yeah, Ethan, it would have right been yeah. if we would have drafted Bonds. So. Yeah. I mean, if we <laughs> if mean, we had taken Abrams, like Abrams wouldn't would have been a fine pick, but I would have been pissed. You know, right. if we had taken Green, I would have been pissed and I would have told you guys about it. But the fact that we put, took Lede, like you said, Danny, it's just it's perfect. Yep. And, and here's the thing. The beautiful thing about podcasts, unlike Twitter, we can't go back and delete stuff. You could go and listen to us say exactly what we wanted to happen. And it's exactly what yeah. happened, which yeah. is why we cannot now all of a sudden, if they had taken Abrams, like Ian and I literally made a joke about it at the end of the other recording about, oh, if, if he's the pick, we couldn't have gotten away from this. You know, my yeah. grade is an A as well because they did what we needed them to do. The only way that I see this draft not ending up as an A is if those uh, signability concerns go the wrong way. Right. All of a sudden, right, if if Nunez, which again, I think would be doubtful, but if Nunez doesn't sign, this is this is no longer an A draft for me personally. It might be mm -hmm. for some, but not for me. If Nunez and the pitcher doesn't sign and Fitterer decides that he's going to go to UCLA, I mean, it, it lowers the value, but we can't, you know, live in those hypotheticals yet. They drafted mm -hmm. them. They have to manipulate. It seems like they're manipulating the slot value really, really well. Um, I think that it'll end up being an A to A-plus draft because they stuck to the plan. Even the project is exciting, and they've been able to manipulate the underslot, overslot, as they've needed to. So I, I, I guess it's a sweep of A to A-plus across the board. And happily and very like in a nice way fan graphs and baseball america in 2080 agree so i'm excited about it i know y'all are excited about it we have about five minutes I, I don't want it to just be um where we very quickly quickly throw things out but there's been some really great performances yeah. over the last 10 days of players that i would just want you to highlight and obviously we can't go too deep into the numbers but the system has performed really well over the last 10 days uh ian who are some individuals that you would want the people to just go look up what they're doing right now i mean robert duggar is just dealing he had a rough start to the year in double a but he is coming out and throwing the best of his career i think right now i mean he's got a 164 era or his last 33 innings He's got 36 Ks of five walks. He's, he's really pitching well. And, I mean, that's a guy who I'm really excited to see. I was having some concerns at the beginning of the year, but he's really just shut them up real quickly. And another guy who's still just tearing the cover off the ball is Asan Diaz. I mean, 395, Damn 425, it. 789. <laughs> he was so streaky last year. There were stretches yeah. where he was a 400 hitter. Yep. Here's a fly ball. Yeah. Well hit to right field. And this Where's one's going to one carry out of here. A home run, 105 miles an hour off the bat. How about that? That's a fastball up, my friend, and that puppy got tattooed. He just, you know, and he's not swinging hard. It's just putting a good swing on it. But he got the fat part of the bat to it. That ball jumped up on the... I knew it. I knew I'd do it. Hassan's always the tough one every week. Somebody's going to talk about him. So I got to do it. I mean, he's, he's he's striking out a little bit more this week. He's yeah. walking a little less, but he's still hitting for power. Um, and it's, yeah. <laughs> it's what we want to see. I know Ethan's got this 
angry grin on his face over there right now, but um, I yeah. had to do it to him. But yeah, those are my guys for this week. I mean, I know I know who Danny's going to talk about, so I'm ready for him. So, <laughs> <laughs> what if I surprise you? What if I don't go with Demetrius Sims? You know, like come on. Uh, I'm gonna talk about Gerard because we haven't really spoken about him in a while. Um, because he was still hitting well, but wasn't putting up those kinds of numbers that we saw from him at the beginning of the year. Um, but he's back to it over the last 10 days, 406, 486, 531, um, and not striking out at all, really. Um, nice to see him get back on track. Uh, Isan, obviously, one thing I want that deserves to be mentioned is that Brinson is holding pretty steady at under 30% strikeouts right now. He's got the night off tonight. Um, and I think he, he kind of slowed down just a little, like, over the weekend. Um, so I think it's good for him to get a day off. But 27.2% K rate right now. He's hitting 294, 384, and 4D6. Um, so still showing some power. He's at 125 plate appearances. So keep him down there. Keep him working. I like how he called up Riddle over him. And uh, one guy that really deserves to be talked about is Braxton Garrett. Uh, over the last 30 days, 23 innings pitched. Uh, 1.57 ERA, 10 walks, and 26 strikeouts. He's been really good all year in limited innings. Um, and I think despite the injury concerns, I think he's a candidate um, when one of these Jacksonville spots opens up as the, you know, as the tr trickle down kind of happens with guys getting called up here. I think we'll see some pretty soon. Uh, I think he's a candidate to go up to Jacksonville because he's been really good. Um and, 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 yeah, Sierra's off to a nice start in New Orleans. Scott has been hitting a little better recently and had a walk-off home run the other night. I know I'm doing exactly what Danny said not to do, which is touching on a bunch of guys. But um, I think th yeah. those guys, you know, I'm, I'm happy to see Brinson not striking out a bunch and under 30% and hoping it was like 26 recently. So I hope he can stick around that area. And, and like I said, keep him down there. Let him keep working. Um, he's he's performing well enough. And, it, it, you know, the hitting started to heat up a little bit recently, and that's good to see. Hoping yeah. Monte's back soon. And congratulations to Monte on the engagement. Absolutely. We hope you're back soon, brother. Congrats on the engagement, man. Uh, yeah, I, I'll play mop up here. Victor Victor Mesa is still not where we need him to be. Uh, but over the no. last 10 days, he's a, he's gotten 10 hits. A few of those have been triples, walking three times only struck out six times so he's still not where we need him to be but they're showing uh signs of life i was going to touch on connor but you did a good job of touching on connor so i'll touch on my guy demetrius sims just keeps hitting the ball 387 yeah. 500 774 two homers six extra base hits seven walks to nine k's it's it's nice to see him get that promotion and then just continue raking on the pitching side yams is doing what he has been doing quite frankly over the last month 35.1 innings pitch 255 eight walks to 30 strikeouts. And Zach Gallen just continues to be yeah. Zach Gallen. Uh, so much to the point that actually Baseball America did somewhat of a pseudo update to their to their rankings. And for those of you that love top 100, Zach Gallen is now a top 100 prospect within the Marlins system. Um, him being added there actually now means that there are at least three top at least three top 100 players in the Marlins system across different sites. So different sites have Sixto Sanchez, Victor Victor Mesa, Gallen, Monte Harrison, Isan Diaz, Guzman, and Sandy on fan graphs, even though he graduated. But it's nice to see that even if it's diverse and there's not really a lot of consensus outside of Sixto mm -hmm. and, and Victor Victor Mesa, they're getting some recognition. 
now. Um, actually, JJ Blade is going to probably be a top 100 prospect. And drafts, I think, has him at already 60, uh, which is great to see. We'll see if Baseball America sneaks him in towards the lower half. But it's just nice to see these guys getting the respect that I believe they deserve and that people have overlooked them for. And I'll also just add, it's going to be a crying shame if some of our pitching doesn't get into these midseason updates. Yeah. Um, guys, like, Edward Cabrera. yes, Edward Cabrera. Why do we like? We need to yell this for people to to this realize this. Good. I mean, he's getting some love on Baseball America, but this kid is balling out this year. And I really, I mean, I'm working on an article on him right now. I've been busy this weekend. It should be coming out soon. But people need to know this kid is for real. Yep. And really, one of the best prospects we got pitching wise in our system. And I think he's getting clearly overlooked right now, but he's on the upward trend. Yeah, he needs to be on a list. I mean, he just does. You know, he's two I, I, months older than six, though, and he—I mm-hmm. mean—he's got the stats to prove it. Ballin, and it's just—it's just the name, you know. He wasn't a big in, signing. Yeah, he should be in Jacksonville soon. He's another guy that it, I think he's the first one up. He just letting everybody know: Brax tonight, Duggar tonight, Gallon tonight. Love it. Love Exciting it. night. Love it. It's a good night Exciting to be night. a Marlins affiliate fan right now. And I'll just it's say this one thing. It's a great night to be a Marlins fan. Just, just a Marlins fan overall. The big league team is actually playing really well, too. And our guy, Harold Ramirez, just got on Twitter. Go follow him. Oh, he's boy. he's yes. lighting Go it up, too. So I, I'm going to add one more nugget, and then we're going to close off. All right? The following pitchers yes, are pitchers. And ERA is not everything. But for the minor league system, I hold it a little bit higher than I do for a major league system. Following pitchers under a 3.5 ERA. For the year, not last 10, not last 30. Jordan Yamamoto, Trevor Rogers, Robert Duggar, Chris Valamont, Braxton Garrett, Edward Cabrera, Jordan Holloway, Jeff Brigham, but, you know, Zach Gallen, Eliezer Hernandez, and before he got hurt, Josh Robertson. That really? is disgusting. Yeah. And that's not even an exhaustive disgusting. list. That's just the list that I have in front of me. And for what it's worth, George Guzman's close at a 4.01. But still, I mean, it's just... It is beautiful to see what's being built, and it's why, and this is why I'll finish it off with this, it's so beautiful that they just added a bunch of bats to this system. I was system. just Big about to say bat. that. Just about to say, like, get excited, Marlins fans, because we have this pitching already in this stable of horses, you know, and now we've got the hitters coming, and, and they're going to start popping up. GCL is going to start at the end of this month. Guys are going to start showing up in Jupiter and Clinton probably, and all of a sudden you're going to start seeing these guys you know, tearing up the box score. So um, the, the hitting is starting to arrive and I'm really excited about it. Yeah. I'm not sure when the last time we could say this, but it is definitely a good time to be a Marlins fan. Absolutely. All Absolutely. right, fellas. I appreciate you. You know, I love you all as always yeah. make sure to like, and subscribe, make sure to give us a follow, make sure to engage with us on Twitter and let us know if you want us to have any particular conversations. Yeah. We appreciate you. And go fish. Appreciate you guys. Yep, Thank go you fish. all.